You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Meg and Beck. It's our mission to share how we pursue our passion for wellness while balancing our real-world corporate jobs. This is a place where green juice and wine are interchangeable and nothing is off-limits. Instead of finding yourself down an internet black hole, we'll be bringing the experts straight to you so that your burning questions can be answered. So sit back and relax on your office chair yoga mat and enjoy the episode. Hi guys. Hi. Happy Friday. You guys made it. You crushed it. You're at the end of the week. End of the week. We are so excited. We're happy that it's the end. Weekend time. I am actually, this is back. You already know that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know we've talked so much by so this point. <laughs> um, but I'm in Pennsylvania this weekend, so super pumped to be with my family. Yeah. And I'm Holding it down in Boston, <laughs> you know, living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. So actually, Meg and I had a life-changing weekend a couple yes. weekends ago. We went to Philly. You guys probably saw on our Instagram. And we went to the Good Fest, which, mm-hmm. I, I, like, <sighs> there are no words. No. First, just have to give a shout out to Jen because she let us stay with her in Philly for the mm-hmm. weekend in her amazing yeah, apartment. Yeah, great. She gave us her bed. So nice. She's literally the nicest <laughs> human ever. She's so inspiring. She's a health coach um, in Philly, but she also is in the corporate world, just like a lot of you guys. Um, so if you want to check her out, her podcast is Finding Wellness. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And mm-hmm. she recently had the founder of the, one of the founders of the Good Fest on, Kate Van Horn. So Who is amazing incredible like all three of the of the founders kate jen and jess are so awesome we love them so much and are so grateful for them for creating the good fest it was just a space where like-minded people could get together and totally be ourselves totally be free talk about the topics that kind of you know are put on the back burner a lot of times you know the instagram's kind of like our highlight reel we don't Mm -hmm. usually talk about failures and rejection and I mean we talked about all of that and it really brought up a lot of emotions for me at least I cried multiple times yeah I haven't cried in a a very long time yeah and that was just like such an emotional release and exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. um so we can't say enough about the good fest um particularly our Reiki session at the end with Kelsey Patel my gosh wow I don't want to say I was skeptical but I was more thinking that Reiki would feel like meditation Mm -hmm. where I kind of zoned out at the end of the day reflected on the awesomeness but I like something happened Mm -hmm. like energy was moving Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it was the fact that we were with 400 other amazing women but we were holding hands Beck and I and at one point I had to let go because I just had tears yeah they were streaming and (laughs) I mean for me it like brought back childhood memories that I hadn't thought about in years Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of gave me some insight into the future and you know we sat there and we imagined our future selves and I that was amazing incredible like we are so cool I know (laughs) I'm like and I think that's what hit me so hard is you know, day to day, it can be really tough to see the big picture, to see where all of these things in life are taking you, but to just have 
such a clear vision of how mm-hmm. happy I was, mm-hmm. who knows how long in the future, mm-hmm. it literally brought me to tears. Yeah. So Kelsey Patel, if you've never heard of her, look her up. She's incredible. Life changing yeah she is so incredible um and she so after our reiki session uh she played a song by sia called reaper and meg and i have been listening to it nonstop ever since it's just such a powerful song mm-hmm. um and we all got up and danced to it you know just imagine 400 women just like letting loose dancing yeah. to this song together it was one of the happiest moments um and i just wish i could relive that me too. but we're, we're kind of like riding that high and yeah. you know enjoying it still so yeah thanks to the good fest yeah shout out to the good fest for being the most amazing the most amazing um but today on the podcast we also have an amazing and amazing also the most amazing <laughs> human <laughs> <Yeah>. ever <laughs> today we have rachel pajednik on she is a scientist um phd phd fitness instructor um founder of the strong process forum here in boston just an all-around badass Mm -hmm. Um, she's incredible we love her so we had her on um and we just kind of went through a lot of the wellness myths Mm -hmm. that are going around right now and kind of debunked them from a science perspective um and it was so informative. Mm-hmm. Rachel is so knowledgeable. Um, she really knows what she's talking about. And just the way that she um, presents the information, it's very much, you know, you do you and you mm-hmm. do whatever feels great. But here's the science to back up, mm-hmm. you know, what you're what you're doing. And if you choose to listen to it, cool. If you don't, that's cool, too. Yeah. And I feel like with some wellness companies some wellness trends it's almost coming from a place of fear Mm -hmm. that they're trying to get people on board they're trying to have people try their products but what I love about Rachel is that she just presents the facts Mm -hmm. in a way that is relatable and approachable for just a normal human being trying to do the best they can Mm -hmm. so if that means buying conventional strawberries at the grocery store do it it's Mm -hmm. better than you know eating a bag of chips right so love her you guys are going to absolutely love her Mm -hmm. um and very refreshing yeah and the next strong process forum is in november Mm -hmm. which i just bought my tickets this weekend (gasps) yay except i need to get mine still but it's all about mental health which Mm -hmm. is huge Mm -hmm. um and specifically um they're focusing on males and mental health because a lot of the wellness world i feel like are is centered around females um which is great it's very empowering um but men deal with mental health issues as well mm-hmm. so we're taking our husbands yeah dan just so you know well actually dan informed me that there might be a penn state game and i said oh, you're going yeah <laughs> you can watch it later your mental health <laughs> sorry dan it's important <laughs> um so we're pumped about the strong process forum which rachel created um and we're really excited about this episode so let us know what you think rate review go comment on our instagram mm-hmm. detox and chill podcast on instagram um And yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you so much. It means the world that we're able to do this. So thank you and enjoy the episode. Yeah. Bye, Bye, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Silver Fern. 
one of our favorite brands. We had Charity Light and their chief nutritionist on a few weeks ago, um, and we're so excited that they're sponsoring us. I have been using the protein powder for a while now and have been loving it. It's completely plant-based and also have has probiotics in it, which is so nice. It's kind of unheard of. Yeah, very efficient. I, As I've said before, I love efficiencies. Um, so I've been using that and the Tino, which is their fiber powder. Um, and that has made a world of difference. So adding that flavorless powder to my drinks, smoothies, even water, um, is a game changer and also very efficient. So love getting that in. So efficient. Um, and I also recently just got the protein powder. I'd heard you talk about it so much and Charity loved it. So it is just as good as you guys said. I'm kind of transitioning into trying to do a morning smoothie. So I'd been stuck in a breakfast rut for a really long time. Um, and this just makes them delicious. Mm -hmm. It is so good. It's so creamy mm -hmm. and it truly tastes like chocolate. It's so good. It's yeah. like a treat for breakfast. Um, and I personally have struggled with a lot of gut health issues. So I absolutely love Silver Fern's probiotic. Um, and I think what makes it so different is that you don't need to refrigerate it, mm -hmm. which Charity kind of enlightened us that... Um, you know, with some other brands, how would you expect a probiotic that needs to be refrigerated to get where it needs to go in your stomach, which mm -hmm. is obviously above a Not refrigerator <laughs> temperature? Um, so we love it. They were so gracious to give us a discount code for you guys as well, which is DETOX15, D-E-T-O-X 15, which will get you 15% off of whatever you order. Um and word on the street is that there might be a new flavor of protein mm, yes. coming soon. Yes, so exciting. So you can find Silver Fern at www.silverfernbrand.com. So that's S-I-L-V-E-R-F-E-R-N-B-R-A-N-D.com. So please go check them out. I've been using the coupon code for myself. Yeah. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and we're so excited for you to try it. Thanks, Silver Fern. Yeah, thank you, Silver Fern. So for our listeners, mm -hmm. we have Rachel here today. You have a long list I of do. things you do. Mm -hmm. They all go together, though. They do all fit they together. They do. Yeah. So to go through quickly, you are a PhD from Simmons. I Yes. So I am a No, you're an assistant professor from Simmons, Simmons, from mm -hmm. Tufts. I got my PhD at Tufts. From yeah. Tufts. Yeah. Um, the founder of the Strong Process Forum, yep. which I've been to. It's amazing for anyone in Boston. Um, a flywheel instructor, mm -hmm. and you also have your new podcast, yes. Intuitive Science. This is very exciting. Which is so good. Yeah. You We're guys are so awesome. Good. Yeah, with Katie Mackin. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yes. she's a witch, and I'm a scientist, and we explore a lot of the wellness topics from two sides of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Uh, we were instructors together at Flywheel. So, oh, cool. Yeah, and just really hit it off, and she says that we have a soul contract sometime <laughs> in ancient history. Wow. Yeah. That's so intense. we have that some kind of intense. cosmic connection. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. So we, we went through the list of everything kind of that sums you up, but give us a little bit of background on you. How did you get to this point of becoming um, a professor and a flywheel instructor and getting your PhD? How did you, how did you get there? Yeah. So it was not at all a straight line you know have you guys ever seen that meme where it's like between where you start and where you end and it's just like a, a scribble oh, yeah, yeah it's a total yeah. scribble mm -hmm. that is my life so I started um 
way back in the day, I actually did my um, undergrad at Northeastern and I was an exercise physiology major, but I wanted to go to medical school. And then I started working at Children's Hospital in the emergency room and I was like, hmm. Oh, that'd be so tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. And I, besides just sort of, you know, I loved medicine and I loved being a part of it, but I was looking at all the residents and they're working 80 hours a week and they're in the locker room losing their minds because, you know, they're responsible for babies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just sort of was like, I don't know if I really want this. And it, at the time, it was just kind of a niggle in the back of my head. And then I went and took my MCAS and I MCAT, the doctor one. Yeah. With I the, was the like, Massachusetts that? one. That's the one yeah, to be that a doctor. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> MCAT. And, um, you know, I did all right, but not good enough to get in. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I took a step back and I was like, did you not do all right as somebody that does pretty well in school mm-hmm. because you just sort of blew up or because you just didn't really want mm-hmm. it? And I think mm-hmm. in the back of my head, that was the first time that I was like, OK, you just need to rethink this. And so I relied a little bit more on my exercise physiology degree and started working as the strength and conditioning coach at a private school south of Boston called Thayer Academy. And I had worked with, you know, the BU hockey team and the Northeastern um, rowing team for a long time. And so I was pretty excited to do that. And then they asked me to teach when I was there. And so I started teaching science because that was sort of my background. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Wow. So I was teaching middle schoolers. Which was, oh, that's tough. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, that might. Do you think worst. that's the worst age group? <laughs> well, you know, I always thought that. You know, I always because I remember middle school just mm-hmm. being like a disaster, tough. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this. And so I was teaching <laughs> yeah. anatomy and introductory science, which is like teaching kids how to weigh in, you know, mm-hmm. mass and mm-hmm. you know do very simple calculations. What is the scientific method? And I loved it. And the thing that was great about the middle schoolers is they are still at an age where they all raise their hand, which is oh, great. Yeah. But they're also still at an age, and you know, starting to get a little testy mm-hmm. here and there. And they're a lot more mean to each other than giving totally. the teacher a hard yeah. time <laughs> yet. Um, but they're still under the thumb of their parents, which is pretty mm-hmm. awesome. So you could be like, mm-hmm. listen, Joey, like I'm going <laughs> to call, call, your call your mom. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And so um, I remember one time a kid stuck a paperclip in, in an outlet. Yeah, and his mom was there in minutes, and it was just like buckets of tears. You know, it was like a, you know, twelve-year-old boy just losing his mind. Oh, man. Thank God he was fine. It was all good. Safety works. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Oh my god! But so that was actually not the paperclip incident, but it, overall, it was really, really fun. And <laughs> so I just decided then, I, you know, I really love being in a classroom. I mm-hmm. love conveying ideas. I love distilling big information into bites that people can really understand. And so I decided to go back at that time to Tufts or to BU. I've been to all the schools. If you, you want to know about to all the Boston mm-hmm. schools. Yeah, if you yeah. want to know about any of the schools, I have either gone to them or taught at them. Um, so I did a, a master's at BU in education, loved it, and then just kind of got back into the bug of wanting more education mm-hmm. and decided at the time, you know, it was just sort of now or never. I was getting into my late 20s and I was like, well, I got to decide what I'm going to be when I grow up. <laughs> and I, while I was loving being a teacher, I was just kind of like a middle school teacher. I was just kind of like, I, you know, the, I'm not sure that this is ex- this is yeah, it there's for more. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I found this amazing program at Tufts that I was looking for a specific exercise physiology program because I wanted to stay in that. But this one was a blend. It was in their nutrition school. 
And it was a blend between exercise and nutrition, which is mm. kind of... Wow. Yeah, exactly. It was just like all of a sudden my head's exploding yeah. in, in all kinds of wonderful new ways yeah. where, oh, like how do we integrate exercise and nutrition? Um, and then it just sort of evolved from there. And while I was in grad school, I started teaching indoor cycling mm-hmm. to, for two reasons. One, just perfect sanity. Like mm-hmm. I had to go. I, I had to leave the lab and right. be somewhere That's and so exercise true. at a certain moment. I was getting and I was getting paid, which right. also when you are a grad student... <laughs> You like need that money. <laughs> any dollar is a good yeah. dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, so that's where the, the indoor cycling sort of started. Um, I had also sort of dabbled in indoor cycling, teaching the kids at there. Um, we had a, a couple of, you know, PE classes that were indoor cycling. So I kind oh, of. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. The PE department and the strength and conditioning department mm-hmm. down there were amazing. Yeah. Um, the kids were really lucky. They are kids. You were really lucky. Very lucky. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, remember that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it just sort of all evolved. And I eventually did this amazing postdoc um, at Harvard, another school. No big deal. Name drop. Check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the Jocelyn with this really innovative group called the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything really came together. Mm-hmm. So it was like I had done this PhD where I was, you know, it was a nutritional biochemistry. So I was studying like mm. molecules and how they interact with one mm. another. And then finally it started to zoom out and I was working at the Jocelyn and it was with this group that was like, hey, we can cure diseases like diabetes with exercise and nutrition. And I was like, amazing. Oh. Like, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, as the research starts to come around and we really start paying attention to this. So this is the work that I do now is really showing that nutrition and exercise specifically, although there are other some, you know, other areas of lifestyle that are so important can be, and I would argue should be our first line of defense mm-hmm. against many of the diseases that we have today. So, mm-hmm. wow. That was the squ- the squiggle. Yeah, the squiggle. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like it. It all. I mean, it all. Like you said at the beginning, it all comes together. It it's comes not together. like su- as random as you would think it is. Um, but I didn't see it coming. You right. Know, like when I right. was back in the day, like <laughs> right. like crying in my Cheerios over right. you know not getting into med school. I was yeah. like, what am I gonna be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how did you? Because I think to that point when it is a windy road. How did you, you know, keep your long-term goal in mind? Or was it a different kind of strategy for you? And you just kind of went with the flow. I think it was a little bit of a different kind of strategy where it's not like I had be a PhD and a professor at the end, you Mm -hmm. know, because I didn't know that that was coming. But what I did keep doing is just pursuing things that I was really excited about. So when I was at the high school, I was jazzed about learning how to be a good teacher Mm -hmm. and you know, sharing knowledge about strength and conditioning. And then my first master's was just sort of an evolution of that. So I was like, okay, I really need to learn how to be a good teacher. So mm-hmm. I went back to school to figure out how to be a good teacher. And then after that, I was like, okay, exercise and, you know, health and science, they're all coming together in my brain. What can I do to further that? And so it wasn't necessarily that there was a goal in mind, although it turned out I'm pretty excited about where things turned it out. Mm-hmm. Turned out. Um, but it just just kept pursuing this passion that I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. How did you maintain and keep relationships with family, friends? You, you're married. How did you do all that while going to school? Because I feel like mm-hmm. that would be so, so much pressure. Yeah, it was really hard, especially when I was when I was at Tufts. It was really challenging. I was working. Mm-hmm. I was going to school. 
many of the students that I was going to school with who are all wonderful and I'm pretty friendly with still Mm -hmm. were a lot younger than me at that Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. and I was married Mm -hmm. and so like shout out to my husband he carried our life for a good five years and Mm -hmm. he was so wonderful about it you know financially and from an emotional standpoint Mm -hmm. grad school was really really hard at that level um so I think you know you just find your little crew and you use them for support and you know, now it's really lovely that I can start to expand, you know, relationships and friend groups. And it's funny, mm-hmm. growing up, I was always a person that had guy friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I was that girl. I was right. Like, a lot of guy friends. Because I was like, oh, God, drama. Girls, mm-hmm. I can't totally. do <laughs> And now, as an older human, I'm like, give me the women. You like, I want to hang around time. with the girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just kind of like, again, just an evolution of where right. you are. It's like time yeah. and place. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, cool. and I think when you just have guy friends, like, you really miss that feminine yeah. energy. Yeah. You know, like, it's a different kind of support, it is a very, I feel like. Yeah, totally. Like, I was on the men's rowing team when I was in college. You were? Yeah. Oh, I was my a, gosh. I was a coxswain, and that energy is real yeah. different than yeah. the yeah. energy from, you know, current women yeah. time. Yeah. And I think, in the especially in the last, like, few years, the feminine energy has become such a strength to people yeah. and I don't know if people realize that in the past so that's been I think really really nice for a lot of yeah. people yeah and I think in that. Boston too so mm-hmm. we've been talking about this a lot recently but there feels like a very strong masculine energy just about the city in general I've always mm-hmm. felt like that I work in finance so yeah. I feel like it's always the boys club and I'm just like you know there in the corner like hey guys mm-hmm. trying to like find my way so it's interesting um to kind of navigate that yeah the exercise and science space so fitness is very female dominated but mm-hmm. the sort of strength and conditioning exercise science space is very male dominated and then just science in general is very sort of this idea right. of yeah you know the the doctor thing it's mm-hmm. almost like um it's it's great when people call you doctor because mm-hmm. when you are out out with a crowd of other PhDs, the men are always introduced as doctor. Totally. You know? mm-hmm. And so, and I'm not and and to your original point, I think that I would say that that's really changing, and you can see it changing rapidly. It's just this mm-hmm. force that I think right. is, mm-hmm. is awesome to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you and Katie talk about that, that a lot? I know she's very much into the al- alternative world yeah um i feel like she would have an interesting perspective on the female and masculine energy yeah maybe we should do a podcast about that because you know what i think (laughs) from her perspective and katie you we are we'll loop back hey katie (laughs) Katie. um is that the intuitive space is very female driven Mm -hmm. so you know there's just a lot of female energy um behind the scenes I don't I'm learning it mm-hmm. I'm learning the goddesses and the right. shapes and the everything but <laughs> um but it is very that sort of feminine energy so mm-hmm. yeah it is really interesting yeah so cool. interesting I'd love to hear um a little bit about strong process and kind of how that idea came to be in the midst of this <laughs> right. craziness that's just another thing that's <laughs> your path yeah so um through this space so I through mostly through grad school, I sort of ended up straddling these two worlds of sort of fitness wellness with the cycling, indoor cycling, and then, you know, exercise and exercise science and nutrition and nutrition science. And it's very interesting because these two worlds are operating on parallel roads and 
really never talk to each other, which I always find incredibly fascinating, mm-hmm. is that all of these passionate, you know, so driven, really excited exercise fitness wellness professionals are out there just literally lighting the world on fire mm-hmm. one person at a time one class at a time one boot camp at a time and they're relying on second third fourth you know generation information mm-hmm. oftentimes to inform their practice mm-hmm. and then you get on the other side of it you get all these amazing scientists and doctors and researchers that are just pumping out amazing cutting edge really cool information and they suck at instagram yeah so nobody (laughs) is paying attention like i could tell you the most famous nutrition scientist in the world right now and you would never have heard of this person Mm -hmm. and so what this came about with strong process forum is i realized that these two worlds need to start talking to each other because the scientists need to get better at getting their information to the people Mm -hmm. and the wellness professionals and then the end consumer need to um, hear the information that the scientists are uncovering. And so this is where Strong Process comes from is it's a one-day wellness conference here in Boston that's totally different than wellness conferences when you were there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically the idea is that there are nine experts that you've never heard of Mm -hmm. um, on three different panels. One's called Move, one's called Eat, and one's called Rest. And these panels are moderated by wellness professionals in the space. So people that you have heard of that are Mm -hmm. super aspirational in the city, all these like amazing wellness Mm -hmm. people. So right there on the stage, you see this blending of these two worlds. And then each of the experts gives a 15-minute sort of TED Talk on whatever the topic is. And then we limit the room to 100 people, which we'll be doing again this November, so that you get a full half hour mm-hmm. of question and answers. So wow. anything you want to know to ask these experts, you get mm-hmm. to ask the people that are actually doing the research and actually mm-hmm. doing the science. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I can't wait for November. It's going to um, be good. That's so exciting. So how did you kind of – so the idea came into your head to do this. How did you – figure out all of the logistics, find people, get people involved, get people to actually attend. How did that all happen? Yeah, it's um, a bit of a miracle, yeah. actually. <laughs> There's so many moving pieces. So many yeah. moving pieces. Well, this is what I have actually learned is I am not an event planner. Mm-hmm. So that is not my strength. It's actually really, really hard for me to organize behind the scenes. I had an amazing woman. Um, her name is Sarah. She works with True North Business Management, and okay. she – really helped me set up an infrastructure behind the scenes. This is one thing that I've learned throughout the sort of projects that I've involved myself in is you've got to find the right people to help mm-hmm. you when you don't have those skills. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm a content expert. I can talk to you all day about mitochondria. You want to talk about like how to get an event space mm-hmm. and how to, you know, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. And so um, Sarah Hawkins, she's amazing. Shout out. Um, she really just helped me map out okay this is exactly what you need to do mm-hmm. to you know step one is this step two is this and so between that and then I had this amazing army of interns from you Simmons did. So they nice. were amazing they were like because <laughs> I was going back and forth with them yeah. you know on questions and they were awesome so on point mm-hmm. they were just so wonderful I got really lucky that a bunch of them had worked in catering before so oh, they were awesome. like totally used to chaos and mm-hmm. 
you know, I didn't throughout that that exact day as well as leading up to it. They were just in- incredible problem solvers. Like, oh my god, this is totally how you do it. You know, <laughs> so it was just this wonderful setting up of a team behind me that because I knew that I was not able mm-hmm. to to do all of those things by myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. so cool. I loved the topics too, and I think one of the ones that really left me thinking i mean they all did but i think you probably know what i'm gonna say i think i do whether to eat organic or not mm-hmm. blew oh, my mind about yeah so can we talk about that just a little bit yeah so uh the panel was the eat panel the question that the eat panel was asked was answering was should you eat organic food for your health and the health of the environment and unfortunately i actually had to pinch hit you did amazing though you would have thought you were in the lineup from the beginning (laughs) (laughs) well i had to pinch hit because we had this unbelievable scientist from tufts that wrote the paper and the paper is like 500 pages long wow comparing all the different aspects of organic and conventional food breeding systems and farming systems and sourcing and so he was going to really talk about the environmental side of it, which so we didn't actually get to touch environment. So that because that's not my wheelhouse, but we did talk about the, the differences for your health. And so we had myself and I talked about the research behind what was going on there. We had uh, Michelle Miller, who is on it, all social media channels as the farm babe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's pretty popular. And then we had this woman. Her name is Jenny Splitter, and she's a journalist for the. Um, Washington Post, among others, Vox, I think, and a couple of other things. And so basically, we just went through and said, you know, this is what the the actual difference is between organic and conventional. And one of the things that you could just see, you know, when, when I can't remember who said it first, that you, for organic farming, you actually still do use pesticides mm-hmm. you just use organic pesticides right. and you could just see the whole room just kind of like <laughs> lean back in their yeah, chair like, a little bit like what yeah <laughs> like minds blown all know. over the <laughs> wow like pack it up call it a day yeah, <laughs> all right i'm done so that was the first thing that people were like what um and you know another thing you know when you think about it and the example that i always like to use is okay you go into whole foods market What's the first thing you run into? The berries, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. all, for the most part, unless you get really lucky and there's some local farm that is being showcased, they're all Driscoll's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you go in and there's Driscoll's on the left that are gorgeous and huge and beautiful and organic and seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. And there are Driscoll's on the right that are gorgeous and beautiful and conventional and four ninety nine, mm-hmm. right? And so the question is, what's the difference between the berries? And the answer is nothing. They're both berries. What? Yeah. So <laughs> the one of the data that I present is that, you know, you've probably heard of the Dirty Dozen, uh-huh. right? Yep. So the Environmental Working Group, which is an advocacy group, um, an activist group, actually not an actual research group. Um, they put out this, this list called the Dirty Dozen, and they show, you know, which 12 foods have the most pesticides mm-hmm. on them, which is an accurate list and actually comes from government data. But what they don't tell you is that the amount of pesticides that are on those products are like 0.00001% oh, wow. of what we know to be safe. So even if it's like, you know, we know that we set certain limits to be safe and, and the limits to be safe are like already well outside of what we know mm-hmm. to have detrimental effects. There are similar numbers for 
things like table salt and mm-hmm. any other sort of wow. chemical that we use in the lab. We have we have these metrics on what uh-huh. what actually constitutes safety. And so this is, you know, when we look at the data and you actually break it down, and I can give you this study for the show notes if you yeah, want. Yeah, please okay. do. You can show the graph. Yeah. Um, it's literally like 0.0001% of what we know is safe. So it's not even like 0.001 concentration. It's mm-hmm. like tenths, like the teeniest, tiniest amount you could ever imagine. So when you look at the these strawberries or you look at this list or whatever, you know, the the idea here is choose the one that you're going to be able to afford and you're mm-hmm. going to be able to mm-hmm. eat because what we know if you sort of carry it out a step further is eating fruits and vegetables is one of the most important mm-hmm. things that you can do for your right, health. Right, right. And that's I think that's so important to note because so many people are like, you have to have organic, you have to have organic. Yeah. It's like, well, some people can't afford you know, double the price of yeah. regular fruit, but they're like killing themselves to be able to afford that. And it's the same. Yeah. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is some data that I actually didn't present at Strong Process, but uh, oh. because I, um, we didn't really have time and we didn't go down this path. But to your point of people feeling so bad that they're not buying organic, mm-hmm. we have a lot of data coming out now that if you look at um, low income, mostly single mothers, mm-hmm they are not buying fruits and vegetables because they feel very overwhelmed that they can't afford organic and they think they're poisoning their kids if they buy conventional. So they'll buy something else entirely that's cheap and within their budget. Right. Mm. They'll get like a canned food or something, which is like so much worse. Yeah. So um, so I I think part of what I said with the organic or conventional is I don't care if you Mm -hmm. buy organic or conventional. There are reasons why we all make food choices and right. if you want to buy organic that's mm-hmm. totally cool just don't buy it because you're afraid of conventional mm-hmm. right um you know if there's other like somebody brought up well i, I love my local farmer and he's mm-hmm. an organic farmer and i'm like great like support, support them find your farmer <laughs> and love him or it was right. at the time it was her because it was the farm babe i was like and love her hard you yeah. know but don't you know don't in incite fear in yourself and other people mm-hmm. because what's really happening at the end of the day is people are making you know worse choices mm-hmm. than m- just buying the fruits yeah, and vegetables because of all the food shaming yeah it's so sad yeah. exactly like we know berries are one of the best things that you can mm-hmm. eat for a variety of different reasons and they're already expensive at 4.99 yeah. mm-hmm. and so if people are just foregoing the veg the berries altogether because they're expensive and then really foregoing them because they're like shoot i can't afford 7.99 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would be, I'm concerned about right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is concerning. Yeah. I was actually at, uh, I don't even remember where it was, but there was a panelist that was talking about like, never eat strawberries again. Like, don't touch strawberries. Oh, like, they're no. poisonous. And I was like, what What are you People? saying? This well, so, is that's ridiculous. The, so that's the crazy thing is that, so when we do this, and we've done, um, actually, one of the women that's going to be speaking in November is going to talk specifically about berries. And Amazing. she's doing a ton of work on berries and mental health. So that's a theme oh, for wow. November. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, but her thing is she puts berries. She gives them to animals and then also people to see what's going on in your brain. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, she uses conventional berries. Like, they're probably yeah. actually freeze-dried. <laughs> right. And, right. Like, I was going to say, and frozen's a great option. Yeah. <laughs> frozen, powdered berries. And we're even with that kind of processing, mm-hmm. seeing the beneficial Positive. effects. Yeah. That's I incredible. just think food is one of those things that, like, people get so intense and aggressive yeah. and, like, my way is the right way. And mm-hmm. it's like, you just got to find what works for you. Yeah. And everyone mm-hmm. stay in their lane. You yeah. know what I mean? 
I call it the spectrum of healthy eating. It used to be one side was vegan, which is sort of mm-hmm. like the extreme vegetarian side. And then the other side, it used to be paleo, but now it's keto. keto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so hot right now. I want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to be like, doing some myth busting here. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, again, now one side's vegan and one side's keto. And you have extremes on either side. But the thing that I like about all of these diets is in their most honest form, you're just eating really high quality, good food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if on that spectrum, it works best for you to eat mostly vegetables or it works mostly or it works great to eat a little extra meat or it works great to eat, you know, whatever, as long as the sort of backbone is good, solid, healthy, high quality, nutrient dense mm-hmm. food, real food, real yeah. food, you're, you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like, and people don't want to believe it. They're like, oh, no, they're like, there has to be a right way. And like, that's the secret. Yeah. Like, that is the secret. Your way is the right way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's this, you know, it's crazy. We see in the data when we look at what people in America eat on average, and it's like 60% highly processed Mm -hmm. food. And so not not to say that highly processed food can't occasionally be good for you. Like, every now and again, you know, like you're in some situation where you're like I'm starving and I need to eat a frozen dinner Mm -hmm. yeah and like you can find pretty healthy frozen dinners now Mm -hmm. I would just say on average try and make your food high quality nutrient Mm -hmm. dense food yeah yeah that's the secret that's the secret you heard it here first yeah (laughs) that's the thing is like when you start to look at this data of all of these diseases that we're terrified of right Mm -hmm. now type 2 diabetes heart disease atherosclerosis cancer we're taking it back to if you eat a high quality diet, if you which doesn't involve organic or conventional, mm-hmm. um, if you exercise, maintain a healthy weight, and don't smoke, those are the things that we mm-hmm. see are going to benefit you long term. Yeah, and it's almost the stress of trying to eat healthy that make people more prone yeah. to sickness. Yes. like it's the stress, it's the stress, not what they're eating. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I was. Um, inter- I'm gonna give another shout out if you don't mind i was on um carol lennon's podcast the other day Mm -hmm. so she is um coming in hot the podcast she was on our podcast oh she was she was oh that's awesome (laughs) hey carol um and we were she was like um you know she's like i just feel like i don't know if you're a swearing podcast i'm not gonna do it but she's like (laughs) (laughs) she was like i just feel like we're so effed right now and i was like actually we're not Mm -hmm. like that we are living longer healthier more productive lives but we're just really stressed out about it Mm -hmm. and so adding all this extra stress and pressure because we're just getting bombarded with information that's for the most part in the wellness industry like just enough science to make it sound credible there's like that one statistic (laughs) that makes it yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then it's like oh my god i've got toxins like Mm -hmm. oh my god i need to you know uh, go bathe in a pink sea salt cave to go get a colonic (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh man that's gonna and here's the thing guys like like all those things are super fun and mm-hmm. if they make you feel better mm-hmm. they're working yeah right do they're it. working the thing that you have to just be careful about is like all these extreme claims are really not mm-hmm. not based in the evidence yeah so kind of going off of that yeah what are your like top things that irritate you that drive me bananas yeah let's do some myth busting now <laughs> <laughs> well i've lately been on this uh anti activated charcoal kick uh, i feel like that's everywhere it's been yeah. driving me bananas that is made very briefly you take charcoal when you ingest some kind of poison right so like right. your kid drinks windex mm-hmm. you bring them to 
the emergency room, they give them charcoal. It works within about an hour mm -hmm. of you ingesting something. It doesn't get absorbed into your bloodstream. It mm -hmm. sucks up like a sponge, whatever is in your GI tract, you poop it out. Mm -hmm. So there's no like going into your it's not like it acts like a little green scrubber right. like you know like in your blood like cleaning up all the but junk. that's the image they give yes. us exactly the image yeah it makes your teeth and your tongue black but yeah. um if it's not in your gi tract it's not going to clear anything out mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is actually kind of bad because so you put it in your like beautifully nutrient dense like gorgeous smoothie and yeah. what's probably happening is you're zapping all the good stuff out of that oh, smoothie and then you're no. pooping it out because it's uh, absorbing it yeah that's terrible so you don't have control so there are things that 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 activated charcoal will react with and there are things that it won't react with so some some metals and some vitamins it won't react with so you're mm -hmm. fine but there are others that it's just gonna zap them up and you're going to wow. poop it out, and there's so no way you can control it. Like, it's good for food poisoning, then, obviously. It is not. It's not. Oh, it's not? No. Mind blown. <laughs> That's what everybody always says. Like, oh, take some charcoal. Nope. <sighs> has nothing to do with food poisoning. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Food poisoning so is a bacteria. Crazy. Charcoal has nothing to do with bacteria. Oh yeah. That's so sad. I what know. else? Tell me everything. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So this is interesting. When you look at some of these remedies and have you guys tried it um charcoal for i haven't food? no so people will be like oh yeah i took charcoal and i felt better well food poisoning actually goes away pretty quick anyways right, right. yeah so you can be system. like oh man like i took the charcoal and it helped yeah. <laughs> and that's what often happens with a lot of these you know sort of like mm -hmm. quick mm -hmm. you know crazy awesome can't really believe it cures is like yeah. your body's pretty resilient right and it does like its own it's thing pretty anyways. cool too <laughs> yeah and so like you you know take this charcoal and you're like oh man i got better and you believe it's because of the charcoal mm -hmm. but really it's just because your body's great yeah. right wow yeah okay what else tell us more oh um maybe you guys could throw a couple at me that you've heard yeah. i want to talk about keto yeah okay because i've heard even people so i tend to find that at my corporate job it's even a little bit behind the yeah. curve of this wellness industry but so many people have worked at work recently have been talking to me about going keto mm -hmm. so i'm just curious it feels like a fad it feels like atkins kind of yeah but it's very close to atkins so ketogenic diet um in the history of diets has been used most recently for patients with some kind of neurological disease so oftentimes mm -hmm. it's used um for people with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And what we're seeing are some interesting short-term data on that where it can help with um, some of these neurological disorders. And we're not 100% sure why, mm -hmm. but it might have something to do with the fact that nerves are coated in a fat and that the fat might be helping mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. It could also be that we're taking out a lot of the sugar and the sugar might be mm -hmm. detrimental mm -hmm. in some way. So mm -hmm. which way the, the spectrum right. is going, that the science is kind of out right now. But people really latched onto it because it turned out to be a pretty good weight loss tool mm -hmm. for the most part is that people will eat a ketogenic diet and they'll lose weight and voila, we've got mm -hmm. the new Atkins, right? right? Um, it's also kind of a fun diet because mm -hmm. you get to eat fatty food, mm -hmm. which yeah. we've been told forever is not is good bad. for you. Right. right. So the data is still out right now um, because it's so new, even from a medical perspective. We don't know what the long term effects are of mm -hmm. eating, you know, a very, very high fat diet. 
But again, because it's on for the most part, you know, you you should not go keto and eat nothing but bacon. That's not going to (laughs) work. It's also, interestingly, bacon is a very high protein food too. So you want to really limit protein when you're on a ketogenic diet because if you're, mm -hmm, if you're, um, so it's different than like the paleo diet Mm -hmm. is a high protein diet. If you eat too much protein on a ketogenic diet, your body will actually convert those proteins into sugar. And you are no longer mm. ketogenic. Oh, wow! Yeah. So I've heard that it's really hard to stay in ketosis. It is, is that really true? hard. That's okay. ex- for those yeah. reasons. Is okay. it's really you have to be eating a ton of fat and almost no carbohydrates and actually very little sugar, uh, very little protein as well wow. because it'll convert. I didn't because your body the protein wa- part. Yeah. yeah, your body wants sugar. Like, right. Not sugar, like I mean, we all want a donut right. every now and again. <laughs> yeah, so totally yeah, want everybody a donut. wants a donut. Um, but your body, your brain specifically utilizes glucose as mm-hmm. its primary fuel source. If yeah. you are in ketosis, it will use ketones, um, which is why we think that there might be something going on there with these neurological disorders. Oh, gotcha. So that when you make okay. that switch, there's something happening in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but your your brain really, 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 really wants glucose. So mm-hmm. it will find pretty much any way it can to make it. Mm-hmm. So if you are not eating carbohydrates, mm-hmm. then if you eat too much protein, your body will convert that into, into wow. carbohydrates. That's yeah. like, that's huge. And I've heard that too. Um, it can mess with your metabolism. Is that true? So coming out of ketosis? Yeah. So we're not really sure. That the At the end of the day, there's this really awesome scientist down at the NIH. His name is Kevin Hall. And he has done a series of studies looking at all the different macronutrient breakdowns in weight loss for mm-hmm. the most part. He also did the Biggest Loser study. Have you oh, guys seen that? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was written up in the New York Times yeah. a few years ago. Um, basically looked at why everybody lost weight and then basically showed yeah. that they all gained, all gained, gained it back. back. Yeah. yeah. And so he's looked at all of these different diets, high carbohydrate, low carbohydrate, high fat. And basically what his studies show over and over and over again, both from a mathematical modeling perspective, which is where his background is, is he's like, we can solve this problem with math. Wow. And we're like, no, because no. people are not math problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he actually showed that it works in people too, is that at the end of the day, the way you lose weight is to be in calorie deficit. Right. Calories in, calories out. That's exactly right. Now, are different calories coming from different foods doing different things in your body? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which is why keto is not necessarily screwing with your metabolism, but it's really satiating. Mm -hmm. So when you eat like a very high fat meal, you're just like stuffed, right? right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's a low or a small portion. Mm -hmm. But the reason is basically is that fat is really satiating. Mm -hmm. It works with your brain to show to like all the um, hormones in your gut signal your brain, I'm full. Mm -hmm. And so you don't eat a lot of food because you don't eat a lot of food. You don't take in a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. You don't take in a lot of Mm -hmm. calories. You lose weight. There's really... I, like I, I wish there was magic behind it because mm-hmm. it would make the studies so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they just keep yeah. showing over and over and over again mm-hmm. that it's the satiating factors mm-hmm. of these. And high protein works the same way is that um, you eat a high protein diet and you feel much more full. So mm-hmm. therefore you eat less during the day. So that's why paleo works for some people yeah, as well. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, you want to know another myth? Let's yeah. Talk yes. About, let's, let's talk about, about protein for a second. Then we yes. talk about bullet. Oh, yeah, protein. Uh, collagen is another one that's like literally. That's huge right now. I want to so like big. shove a pencil in my eye <laughs> over this one. No. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing about collagen. It's protein. The end. Right. Yeah. Like that is all. Yeah. So collagen has 
when you have no protein, it is made up of amino acids, right? Mm -hmm. The little building blocks of protein. Each protein powder that you get is going to have a slightly different spectrum of amino acids. Mm -hmm. So whey protein is going to have one. Casein is going to have another. You get like a pea protein if you're a vegetarian and you're Mm -hmm. eating the vegetarian protein. It's going to have a slightly different one. Collagen, again, same thing, just protein, slightly different amino acids. But here's the thing about all of those protein supplements. Your body is going to use those amino acids in the way that it needs to use them. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So... You don't have control mm-hmm. over like you want to take collagen. You're like, oh, right. I'm going to make my nails this and my hair. This is going just to my so face. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to like pop up, you know, the puff up the yeah. eye, eye right. bags. Uh-huh. No, like that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's just like eating a steak. Like you eat a steak. There's amino acids. Your body's going to use them where wow. it needs to use them. Uh-huh. There is no magic behind it. Now, the other oh, the other thing is is that when you eat collagen, it doesn't become collagen in your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I think like, that's a huge like it's a misnomer. huge misnomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like again, you eat this protein, it gets broken into amino acids or um, either single amino acids or you know dipeptides, which are two put together, gets absorbed into your gut. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's so my it's gonna isn't going to be like no, it's going to get reassembled <laughs> the way that your body is going to need to reassemble mm-hmm. it. No. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take a bunch of protein and take some vitamin C, which is mm-hmm. how collagen is made, it's mm-hmm. a fibrous tissue in your body made of amino acids. You need vitamin C to make it. Maybe you make more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But only, again, if your body feels like it needs to make more huh. fibrous tissue. So interesting. I do want to transition to what's coming up in November and hear about that a little bit yes. and, you know, loop our listeners in. Cool. So in November, we are having the second um, Strong Process Forum. And it's going to be November 3rd. So we've got a date. We're really excited. I put it yes. on my calendar. Calendars are Excellent. marked. <laughs> Mark your calendars. Um, again, we're limited to 100 people. So we're keeping it super tight. We've got a beautiful space at One Federal Street, which has this Ooh. awesome outdoor space. We're going to do a big boot camp this year, too. Very nice. Yeah. Love it. But the big thing is we are the focus last the last one was in April. And the focus was a slightly different question that each panel was going to answer. This time, everybody's answering the same question, which is how can these habits or behaviors benefit mental health? Mm. So we're looking at what is exercise due to your brain? Mm. How can it you know, change your mood? What actually is happening mm-hmm. with the hormones, with the neurons in your mm-hmm. brain? What about food? Are there foods that you should be eating? There was this great article, again, like spoiler alert, it's eat good food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, food that you can make your brain feel better. Different supplements. Uh, we're going to talk about just uh, mindfulness on the rest panel. What does that What does that mean? You know, Katie and I had a, a podcast too, actually talking about mindfulness. Like, what does it mean? And what we're going to do is then tie it back to what's going on in your brain mm-hmm. when you are being like mindful. When you're stuck in traffic. Yes, yeah. when yeah. you're stuck in traffic <laughs> and losing your mind. Um, we're also going to have a talk on cannabis and oh, CBD and Amazing. what what is that actually doing to your brain? Mm-hmm. Is it going to help? Does it help with depression and anxiety? What is mm-hmm. the data that we have? So we're going to take a really holistic look at mental health from an exercise, diet, and rest perspective. And then the other thing that's really neat about this November is we have partnered with, partnered with Movember. Oh, Do you guys know Movember? Yes. Yeah. So this is the men's health um, mm-hmm. advocacy group. And one of the things that we have noticed in the mental health space is that men are really falling behind. Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting, the data has always sort of showed that women suffer a little slightly more from anxiety and depression than men. But what we're realizing is that we weren't measuring it well in men. Mm-hmm. So men, when they have anxiety or depression, are, do things like um, engage in really risky behaviors mm-hmm. or get angry, where mm-hmm. women tend to get sulky and sad yeah. and retreat. Men mm-hmm. start, tend to get, and this is you know sweeping with a broad brush, tend to get more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so we just weren't measuring it. And when they start to measure, they actually see that there's absolutely no difference between men and women. They display it differently. Mm -hmm. And then when we look at suicide rates, three out of all four suicides are men. So we know that that Um, is just a huge impact. So what we're trying to do, and this would be like my world would be Mm -hmm. rocked, is if we could get 50-50 men, Mm, women in the space. Because we know fitness wellness is Mm -hmm. mostly female-dominated space. But we're like... Bring your dudes, like, yeah, and bring yeah. your John. I'm yeah. signing him up. Yeah, bring bring <laughs> your boys, um, because we know that they need it just as much as we do. And mm-hmm. it's funny when you ask them and you start to talk to men about this, they'll open up about it. Like, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about it. I also don't know how to ask for help mm-hmm. because the stigma of not being okay is just so huge. Right. So we're hoping to start that conversation. So cool. It's so important. And I feel like just with everything that's happened recently, like Anthony Bourdain, yeah. all of that, I I give you so much credit for just opening that conversation because it's so important. You know, it's mm-hmm. really interesting. I had come, we had sort of percolated on this idea before. There's a lot, you know, there's been a lot of really high profile suicides mm-hmm. lately. And as they just sort of like kept happening, it was just like the light just kept getting brighter and brighter that we need to do this mm-hmm. and we need to, you know, sort of, a lot of people are right now in the part of the conversation where they're like admitting or, you know, having a real conversation of I'm not okay. And then the next question is, what do you do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's going to be one of the main um, spaces. So we've got a bunch of really awesome partners. One that I'm really excited about, you guys should actually have her on your podcast. Her mm-hmm. name is Yori, and she runs this app called Zencare. Have you ever heard of it? No. no. It's so good. Definitely check it out. You can get access to... Um, mental health as well as nutrition and a couple of other experts. I love that. Yeah, that's um, nice. Sort of not on demand, but um, where people like you can find people that have spaces open. Oh, you know, so yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried to find a therapist, but it's like the most daunting so thing you've ever mm-hmm. had to do. And so what she does is it's uh, it's Uber esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's not go in right. that full direction. But she's basically <laughs> reaching out to people and saying, "Do you have space? Let's mm-hmm. put you on the website. Let's fill the space. You know, do you take insurance? How much do you mm-hmm. charge? Are you on a rolling scale so that you can find when you need help, you can find somebody yeah, right away." That's such a huge need, yeah. especially like the whole insurance part is just so yeah. hard. And yeah. when you're at that point, you're not thinking like how can I call this person and no. figure this you know what I mean you just need that person to advocate for you mm-hmm. I want her on the podcast yeah you definitely yeah, need to get her because awesome. that was her that was her story she's like I was 18 years old 19 whatever in New York City and I was not okay and I didn't know how to find somebody to help me mm-hmm. and so this is her answer so they're partnering with us and we've got a whole bunch of other really awesome local companies apps um, technology vendors that are all going to be bringing some really cool mental health stuff that's amazing i'm yeah. so excited yeah, i'm so excited yeah. i would i honestly wish we could talk more i can't believe how like fast the time has flown <laughs> by it's so crazy but thank you so much rachel for coming on how can people find you yeah so they can find so 
the fir- the easiest place mm-hmm. from a memory standpoint is to find me at Strong Process mm-hmm. at all the handles. Um, my name is a little complicated to spell, but you can find me at Rachel Pajednik on Instagram mm-hmm. and um, Facebook and Twitter. So it's Rachel with an E. My mother was clever. And then Pajednik <laughs> is more uh, daunting to spell. It's just P-O-J-E-D-N-I-C, Rachel Pajednik. And your podcast? Is Intuitive Science. Perfect. And you can find us on Insta. And we also have a website, intuitivesciencepodcast.com. So cool. Mm-hmm. We it's love so good. supporting fellow podcasters, oh, too. I'm so Especially grateful in Boston. To you all. We need yeah. more of this. Yeah. 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 So cool. Thanks again. Um, so, everyone, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast on all of the things. I am Best Friend Beck. <laughs> Meg is Musings by Megan. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, please rate and review. It really helps us. It gets kind of our podcast on the grid of the iTunes world. Um, so we are so grateful for you. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.